Hey everyone, and welcome back to Practically Zero Waste, a podcast for making zero waste living as practical as possible. Spring is in the air, and for many cities, that means the start of the farmer's market season. Today, I talked with Harriet Walker, the Peterborough Regional Farmer's Market Assistant, about community-supported agriculture, eating seasonally, and loving that local dirt. The sun is shining, the snow is melting, let's get to it. the Peterborough Regional Farmers Market, and how long have you been doing that? So I've been working with them since uh, late December. Okay. Um, I took over the position from a good friend of mine. I basically am Dwight to the market. (laughs) I'm an assistant to the regional market. So I get there really early. (laughs) On a Saturday. Yeah, really early. Um, I help. No thanks. (laughs) No, I really like it, actually. Oh, good. Yeah. (laughs) So I get there really early. I help the vendors uh, set up. We've got a bunch of wagons that we wheel around and carry their goodies into the market space. Um, Then they have time to set up, and I uh, set my station up, which is the market booth, and then I spend the day greeting people into the space, making it super welcoming, and selling merchandise. It's actually a fundraiser for the market. While we're selling tote bags and t-shirts that are celebrating local dirt. Okay, so local soil, growing things locally. Sometimes I field questions, and I have a bit of information there. Right. But primarily it's merchandise. How long has this market been running, and... What kind of vendors do you guys have there? The Peterborough Regional Farmer's Market is coming up on its first birthday. Okay. Which is so exciting. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a baby market, kind of. It's a baby market that was born out of some differing opinions about what what a regional market should look like and who should be there and what they're selling. So what is at the Peterborough Regional Farmer's Market? So every producer there has a MyPick certification, which means that they have farm visits, and we know that they they produce what they what they bring to market, which is really important to a lot of people shopping at the market because they've made a choice to consciously come and seek that out. So I mean, it's a really positive space. I think the market is is really amazing. I love being there on Saturdays. You can feel the community just kind of come alive in this space that is really underutilized right downtown. So in the winter, um, we're at the... Oh, goodness, what is that mall called? <laughs> Peterborough Square. Okay, so in the winter, we're at the Peterborough Square um, in a space that was occupied by the uh, public library last year. While, While they was... were under renovations or yeah. something. So it's this big, open room that's, you know, the size of a library, basically. I don't know what it was before it was the library. Possibly just a store, right? Like Mm -hmm. it was... I think it was a department store way back. The uh, mall's been actually really, really supportive. They they love having us as tenants, so it's been a good partnership. That's awesome. Mm Kind of walk me through this space that is the market now. Like you walk in and there's your booth with local dirt um, merchandise and information about the market and you kind of guide people. Yeah, so right now if you were to walk into the space, you'd see a cafe booth um, to my right and Chickabitty Farms, which is a lovely local producer um, to the left. Um, So you're really introduced with a lot of options right away. Mm -hmm. um, And the whole space is kind of alive. You hear that tinkly, chattery background noise of like a really nice restaurant. I love that. That's how I feel about it. Yeah, that's so fun. You're primarily a Fleming College student. Yeah. In Peterborough. Yeah, full-time student. Cool. So that's a lot of work on top of being a student day. 
working with the market? Or is um, that just a once a week? It's just a once a week thing. That's um, good. And, I mean, I really enjoy it. It's kind of a way for me, as a student who moved here to be a student, it's a way for me to connect with a community that I might not have been able to connect with. Mm-hmm. Um, otherwise, yeah. I mean, I actually don't even go to school in Peterborough. I take a yellow school bus all the way to Lindsay every day. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. That's great. Yeah. What are you studying? I'm taking an environmental technician program. Okay. And what does that mean? <laughs> no, that's Do a you very know good what question. That means? Yeah. So <laughs> it's really a program that's geared towards someone who could be a technician. So going okay. out into the field, collecting air, water, or soil samples for analysis. Um, so we'd be looking cool. for contamination. And knowing how to collect that sample in a way that preserves its integrity so that um, we actually have a a snapshot of what's actually going on in that area. So people would um, maybe take that and become environmental technicians and work for consulting firms on any kind of environmental project you can think of. Or possibly working for the government as an environmental officer. You were looking for a way to get involved in the community. Yeah. Well, my background is actually working in a cafe. Um, so when I lived in Ottawa, I managed a cafe for a long, long time. That's awesome. Um, And then I left that to go to school and moved here and I really missed that, the daily interaction. Absolutely. Connecting with people. Yeah. Yeah. The market's a perfect spot for that. It really, really is. That's great. Yeah. Actually last year, last summer, I worked for the County of Peterborough in waste management. That is so cool. Okay. That's the second person that I've met that has worked in in waste management in this area. Tell me Mm -hmm. more about that. Well, the good thing is that the people that are running the waste management, uh, at least for the county, are really passionate. So it's really easy to be inspired by them. That's good. So I was manning the household hazardous waste uh, depots at various transfer stations around the county. Okay. And I was also doing home visits, installing composters and digesters in people's backyards. I also audited blue boxes. We had this program that we called the Gold Star Program, and we would go around and gently suggest if there was a if there was something placed in the blue box that maybe should have been placed either in a different blue box or prepared differently that for sure should have gone in some other receptacle yeah so we we sandwiched them with like a compliment thank you for recycling and here's a suggestion and people were pretty receptive to what a good way to approach that yeah but if they were perfect yes they got a gold star sticker oh my gosh that's amazing (laughs) (laughs) how do you let people know that there's something to correct i think it can be really difficult A lot of people that are living in Peterborough County in the summer are seasonal residents. Yes. Their population doubles in the summer. Yes. So the rules in this area are different from Toronto. Okay. We have different people handling the waste. The way that waste management happens is you have um, companies that take the waste and process it. And it's not the same people everywhere. So the different products that they can support... There are different products that they can support. Oh, right. So, like, in, for example, in Peterborough, you can't recycle styrofoam. But in Toronto, you can, I think. Yes. People, for the most part, are pretty good. Um, There's a lot of just things you see over and over, like huge bags of water bottles. 
mm. when our water's potable. I or know. a lot of Tim Hortons coffee cups. I've seen so many Tim Hortons coffee cups. And the lid is not recyclable. Tim Hortons, if you're listening, we need to get you some different packaging. It's insane how confusing it is for people if your coffee cup can go in the recycling or not. And I know it depends on the area that you live in. I know it depends on what parts of it that you're recycling, if it's clean or not. But there just needs to be something across the board, Tim Hortons, that uh, will make it easy for people. Yeah. I'm in an environmental school that offers plastic cutlery and... Uh, yeah they're they're gonna i know i have faith that they care and that they're gonna do better and make changes students need to demand it but um i saw someone carrying uh one of my classmates carrying a to-go cup and i was just like oh well it's too bad they can't put the roll up the rim on like a reusable cup or yeah the the monopoly sticker on a reusable cup or something like because mm-hmm. that's people keep buying into this i know but Ooh, yeah darn it tim hortons yeah again. and so i made kind of that joke just to like say like oh that should be a sustainable option but i understand why you made that choice you know yeah um and then we get in the class and i see the the tim hortons cup in the garbage and i was like you know that's that's recyclable and they were like no it's not and i was like See? Oh, it's actually not recyclable anymore. Okay. It's gone backwards. Yeah. It's see, all garbage now. The cup is just... Tim <laughs> <laughs> Hortons. Yeah. So yeah. in that scenario, I was like judgmental and uninformed. It's been so long since I've actually used a cup. Oh my god! I didn't even know where know. to put it in the stream. <laughs> We can talk about single-use at the market if you want. Yeah, so recently I heard that this was coming up, that they're looking for a sustainability head on their steering committee at the market, and that would head some sort of subcommittee that is focused on reducing single-use items, reducing garbage, organizing things so that like signage is really clear about this is the recycling, this is your compost even i don't know if they're gonna go that far that would be amazing Mm -hmm. how do you do that how do you reduce single-use stuff in a place that does not have access to a sink (laughs) yeah so i think the important thing is that you're asking how do you do that okay good that will good on us we are we're even freaking asking the question that's probably the first step I i think it's doable um i personally don't have experience pulling something off like that except that in my own life I don't consume those things so I know that awesome we can high five over that (laughs) (laughs) so one step is just not buying it yeah yeah say I am a customer going to the market I would like to get some mixed greens and some lunch and maybe a lemonade from that awesome honey place automatically without stopping and asking for an alternative the current state of things is that the mixed greens are already in a plastic bag tied up. The lemonade is going to come in a plastic cup with a plastic straw, and the takeout food is going to come in whatever disposable um, things that they have there. Do they have to? Do they have to? I don't think they do. I want to find alternatives for the cafe food area if there's like a reusable plate system that they can just go and get your meal on and then return it. I think that's a great idea, and it's definitely doable. Yeah. Um, I've got a good friend who works in Ottawa as a volunteer, but she 
she's pretty much second in command for uh, the green team for a lot of Ottawa's festivals. They do this program called EnviroDish. So it's a team of volunteers, um, and they've got an inventory of dishes and cutlery and stuff like that. A team of volunteers that goes around and collects the... Um, use dishes and cleans them and then helps distribute them back out to the, the vendors so That's that they have awesome. dishes to give to people. So there's logistics to be worked out, but it's, it's doable and it is being done. Okay. So we could look into the format and the structure of EnviroDish and kind of see if we could bring that to the market. So we're talking about mixed greens automatically coming in plastic bags. There's lots of things that vendors automatically put them in plastic bags for people. At this point, there's not an alternative being talked about. But for the past two months, another girl and I have been at the market handing out reusable cloth produce bags. And the hope is that people will see these as an alternative. But we're just volunteers, and I don't think we'll be able to keep that up forever. No, <laughs> those bags are lovely, by the way. Oh, We've thank done you. A great job. <laughs> thank you. It's actually been a really cool adventure. Probably a conversation for some other podcast, but these cloth bags have been like a really neat thing to be able to hand out to people and start that conversation. So I'm wondering what vendors can offer as an alternative to plastic bags. So there's one farm at the market that I'll use as an example. Mm -hmm. Um, They're called Cedar Grove. It's a small farm out of Omimi. So they are using, they have been using compostable plastics for their greens. But recently um, they've had these cloth bags made up, um, kind of like a smaller tote bag version. Cool. Um, And what they're going to be doing is just not offering plastic anymore. Oh, okay. Yeah. So these cloth bags, you can either buy them at a super low price, yeah, um, or you can put a deposit on it if you don't have your <gasps> bag. So they want to give you an option to uh, say no to plastic. Yes, I like the deposit idea. They've written loaner on the bag as an <laughs> incentive to bring it back. <laughs> <laughs> kind of a diss as well as a <laughs> reminder. That's good. I guess the main thing is mindfulness and this is kind of a buzzword lately and it's also it's also the first episode in this podcast is mindfulness just because the first thing to do in any situation where you want to reduce waste is just to become aware of the waste that's being produced in the first place so if we were to do a trash audit at the end of the market day and see what's in the garbage can what's in the recycling that should be in the garbage can, what's in the um, recycling that needs to just be washed before it can be recycled, and then what amount of all of that could be composted. Like, that would be a really good eye-opener to see where the needs are. I've had people tell me, oh, I don't need another one of those um, reusable cloth produce bags because I have a ton in my car. If it's possible for you to go back out to your car without too much physical dis- or physical difficulty, do it. Go back to your car. Go get your bags mm-hmm. and don't create more garbage. We should give the general public some credit. I think people do care and they do want to make a difference. What a refreshing perspective you are. Keep going. I'm so grumpy <laughs> yeah, about all of this. It's so, it's so easy to be. Um, yeah, especially if you spend your summer looking at 
recycling. But yeah, <laughs> like you did. Oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it took me a while to recover from that. Actually, <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna be doing it again this summer. Are you actually? Yeah. That's awesome. So at the market every Saturday, I at at my booth, I get to do this thing called the bean pole. So the bean pole is our market style data collection. Okay. It involves answering a question by placing a bean into a jar. Oh yes. Yeah. It is a satisfying clink. It is. (laughs) So um, a couple weeks back I asked the question, how are you going to be carrying your market goods home? Oh. So I had an overwhelming 90% response of some sort of reusable option. That's great. It is great. That's and good. I see I see a lot of reusable bags go by. I feel like you're right. There's a large population of people at the market that are bringing reusable items. So the 10% of people that answered plastic bag, because I actually gave them an option to just say plastic bag. Yeah. They were horrified that they had to put a bean in there. They were apologizing to me. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Yeah. That's a very gentle way to help people become aware, right? Yeah, I think so. What other kinds of questions could we ask with the bean pole? Well, I mostly focus on who's coming to the market, so looking at the demographic that's visiting, mm-hmm. um, and also what they're looking for, so that um, we can accommodate, accommodate that. Mm-hmm. I also keep track. I have a jar for first-timer, first-time visitors. That's nice. Yeah, which is neat. I see about... I'm going to average it out about 30 new people every week. Really? Which is cool. Yeah. Well, and those are 30 people that I personally am engaging with, so it's not it's not everyone, right? right? Not everyone stops and, and does the poll. Change of topic here. There are a couple of vendors at the market that offer, I think it's called a CSA. Do you know what that stands for again? So CSA stands for Community Supported Agriculture. Some of these vendors offer a veggie box. Quite a few years back, I have experienced doing a CSA with a, a really new farm, which was a cool experience. I got That's to support neat. a friend who was starting up. But last year, I did a CSA veggie box with a local farm called Circle Organic. Okay. I was wildly accommodated by them. Even in my endeavors to go plastic-free, they yeah. would absolutely take, like, they took carrot tops back for me to compost. <gasps> they accepted their plastic bags back to reuse. Wow. What was the length of time that you were receiving a veggie box for? 16 weeks. 16 weeks? For 16 weeks, I didn't have to go to the grocery store and deal with packaging. It was amazing. What kind of stuff did you get in each box? It really depended. Um, I had a lot of food. I maybe could have gotten a smaller share, but um, I ate very well. So... When broccoli was in season, I had broccoli. When beans were in season, I had beans. That's so Throughout good. the whole time, I had access to carrots. When fall came around, I had various different squashes. Oh, wow. Oh, and maybe the best treat for the summer was yellow watermelon. I've never had yellow watermelon before. It's ridiculously good. You're going to have to try it. <laughs> it tastes like conventional pink watermelon, but it's yellow. So it obviously tastes even better. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I like that. It's kind of like the difference between regular lemonade and pink lemonade. Yeah, yeah. It's a glam factor (laughs) there. Yeah, some reason. Because it's different, it tastes better. Mm -hmm. There's obviously a price associated with it. Yeah, they have different options available. Absolutely. Yeah, they even give you a chance to take a vacation and stuff. Okay, can you get just 
here and there and just try it each season, like spring, summer, fall, or... I think it would depend on the farm and your agreement. I Mm -hmm. mean, so community-supported agriculture, you're really buying a share into the the season's produce, right? So you're helping to support them up front. I think it's important to think about how that came about. Mm -hmm. You're not necessarily entitled to a certain weight of vegetables every week because you've purchased it. You're helping to support the farm and keep their ability to be sustainable, alive and in turn you're getting really healthy food yeah grown locally and picked for you essentially that's amazing and where did you get it like was it delivered to you did you have to pick it up oh so that one i just had to walk 10 minutes down the street to get it but there are actually other farms at the market that do csa programs like chickabitty farm i want to not go to the grocery store this summer that's what i would like to do yeah you can do that yeah Easily. Are there sort of vendor box programs where you could buy shares in a vendor with things like bakeries, things like butchers, like meat farms, that sort of thing? I don't know too much, but I've seen um, meat shares before. I think that that would be really someone. Yeah. In Peterborough that does do that. Yeah. And in terms of bakeries, I think it's a great idea. Okay. I know that it's something that is being done. Okay. But not, I don't know of any local examples. I mean, I guess the last one that I can't think of is dairy products. Is there any sort of way that we could go back to the milkman? Yeah, not that I know of, but if we create a demand. We're all about the ideas here today, (laughs) so everybody has to spread this around so that we can get the demand out there and get people asking for these kinds of cool things. Do they do fruit in these veggie box programs as well? They had berries in the summer and watermelon and stuff like that. So my plan is to grow a garden, but until my stuff is actually growing, I will sign up for a veggie box. And and then maybe I'll buy half a cow and store that in my chest freezer. And uh, (laughs) then I just have to worry about bread and cheese. There we go. (laughs) Yeah, the cheese is a tough one. Cheese would be hard to get package free. Yeah. I don't know how to do it. It's an investment if you do. I mean, you could go to a fancy cheese shop and get a slice of something. Yeah. Yeah. I can't afford to do that. I can't afford to do that either. (laughs) Yeah. I buy buy my cheese in packaging. Me too. I just have to cut down on my cheese consumption. That's just it, is that if you can't find something package-free, just consider it a treat. If it's still a necessity, quote-unquote, in your life, if you still have to have cheese or dairy or meat or whatever treat it like a special thing and not just something you can have in excess yeah I think that's an important conversation to have with yourself why do I feel like I need to go and buy this Um, yeah yeah sometimes I have to say okay well I didn't bring my bag today I can't get that many groceries I have to bring what I can shove down the arms of my winter coat (laughs) And down the front, and that's how many groceries I can buy. Never thought to use my body as a bag. <laughs> you just, like, pull your t-shirt out and pull it full of apples. Oh, yeah, that's a summertime strategy. <laughs> that's a good visual. <laughs> what is the summer market like compared to the winter? I think it's equally amazing. Yeah. I had to, unfortunately, work on Saturdays, which is really what led me to do the the CSA program because I couldn't make it to market and I still wanted to have those options. Yeah, so a CSA is a good option for someone who can't make it to the market during the market hours because it is a weekend occurrence. Yeah. We're lucky enough to have a Wednesday market also in Peterborough. That's true, yeah. 
Yeah. But, yeah, so if you can't make it to the market, it's a good option. Exactly, yeah. And it's so nice. Like, I know that there's a beautiful vibe going on in the wintertime because everything's cozy. And it's awesome that the market goes year-round. I know when I was living in Brampton, it stopped at the end of October. But it's just such a lovely thing to be able to stroll through a farmer's market and get all of your produce and your, your bread and coffee. And it's great. Yeah, it makes everything taste better. I think so. It's vibrant. Yes. Yeah. yeah. There's something about being out at a market. In what way would you say is environmentalism connected to a farmer's market in general? I think environmentalism for everyone these days looks a little bit different mm-hmm. because a lot of us want to make conscious choices, but we depend on a car to commute with or things like that. So I think yeah. going, being able to go to the market gives you a chance to connect with the people growing your food, and I think that's a really important connection. Yeah. So you're really directly buying from a farmer who works with the ground that produces this beautiful vegetable that you're going to consume, and then it kind of reminds you why environmentalism exists in the first place. We need to preserve that. It helps people value things, right? You wouldn't want to be as wasteful if you have connected with the people that grow it, and have connected with the local dirt that it comes from. Also, you're getting real vegetables with flavors. It's easier not to produce food waste if if what you're consuming is delicious and it has a story. Yeah. Again, with the with the veggie box, to have almost a curated selection of what's locally and seasonally available to you. I don't know if any of the veggie box programs also provide inspiration for like what to do with each seasonal vegetable sort of thing, but maybe at the the local dirt table at the market, you could have like a random recipe card for the top vegetable that's in season. So what you what are you going to do with your asparagus or what's a great recipe for your strawberries or something like that, like when each thing is in season. Yeah, that's a really cool idea. Just to give people inspiration for what to do because it's a challenge to eat seasonally. So at one point I had a lot of kohlrabi in my fridge. <laughs> You're like, what the heck do I make with that? Yeah, it actually makes a really cool coleslaw. Okay. It tastes kind of like if cabbage and broccoli were another vegetable, <laughs> and we named it kohlrabi. <laughs> that's perfect. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's good. Yeah, so it would force you to get creative too, right? Because you're not just buying the things that you like. I guess you'd have to be kind of open to the possibility of getting a vegetable that you're not a huge fan of. Are you allowed to request the next box to have less kohlrabi? And more carrots, or what? I think within reason. Yeah. I, I felt very privileged, uh, certainly, to be able to, to do that in the first place. They let me do a little swap. So every week, if there was something that I was getting that I didn't need any more of or didn't like, mm-hmm. um, I could swap it out at this tradesies table. Okay, so when you go to pick up your vegetable box, what was that set up like? It was, was during it? a set amount of time, it was out at this cafe uh, downtown Peterborough called the Silver Bean. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they would set it up kind of like the market booth where there would be baskets of things and there would be a list. So if you get this chair, um, you can hit these baskets and grab oh. these things. Yeah, it was good. It was out in the open, so community members would come up and interact also and always want to sort of buy the produce, but right. there would be interesting conversations around what a CSA yeah. program was there, too. Yeah, and so then there was a table set up also for 
trading. So if you were like, uh, not another head of cauliflower, yeah, let me trade this out. Yeah. So after I hit all the bo- all the baskets, if I ended up with a lot of lettuce because I I couldn't keep up with the lettuce. That would be hard. Yeah, yeah. But other people with a bigger family, if they if they needed to make a salad, they would maybe want that lettuce. So yeah. I would just swap it out for some garlic okay. or fresh herbs or something that I knew that I could consume. Yes. What kind of different packages were there? I'm sure there was one for an individual, for two people, for a family. It would depend on the farm. Mm-hmm. I got something called a large share. Yeah. And you found that it was almost too much for it you, It was right? almost too much for me yeah. and my partner. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I haven't actually tried to eat seasonally and locally yet. Maybe that'll be a goal this summer if I'm yeah. getting a veggie box program because like, I'm trying to think about what I have in my regular diet, like even lemons or something like that. Can I get lemons in Ontario? <laughs> I don't think so. No. You would not have as much fruit as you normally did if you were just eating the seasons, eh? Or would you have an abundance? Well, if you're able to know. get to the market, you have access to a lot of fruit. How would you eat seasonally and locally? In the wintertime. I've never really been successful at that. I know. People used to do it, but I don't know how you yeah. do it. Well, people used to have something called a, sto- a cold cellar. Right. <laughs> and prepared ahead. It's my dream. <laughs> oh, my gosh. You can do canning. I, yeah. But I think if you're able to change your habits for six months out of the year, that's a huge step. So don't be too hard on yourself. I like this. Cup half full. Veggie box half full. Yeah. It's true though. Like if you're going to be able to make any difference and, and if it's practical to be able to do a veggie box program for 16 weeks and then you know, maybe learn how to can some stuff at the end of the summer and then have that throughout part of your fall. Yeah. Then do what you can in the winter to just reduce waste at the grocery store. It's a great combination. Yeah. What are some tips for people who want to start shopping at a farmer's market? I'd say make sure you grab a reusable bag on your way. Yes. Yeah. But just go and check it out and talk to people and see what's available. Because if you don't know what you'll be able to find at the market, you don't know what you can swap out of your conventional shopping habits. I think that if you've chatted with farmers, you're definitely going to connect with someone. and. If that helps you make a decision and choose where you want to spend your money, if you know that it's going towards great people, yeah, um, I think it, it makes it good to That's just good. start developing relationships. Don't be shy to talk to people. Yeah, or just switch it up every week. Yeah. Or go with a friend, make it a coffee date. That's a nice idea. Do you have anybody that's kind of inspiring you environmentally? Yeah, uh, well, I think a lot of people inspire me locally with different things that they're doing. Um, it was a pleasure to meet you. I think the more you put yourself out there and start conversations, the more you realize that everyone's got a different idea and we can kind of quilt them together yeah. um, and create, create a bigger and better um, environment for ourselves, I think. There's so many people that do care. It, it can feel really overwhelming yeah. to think, okay, well, there's all this plastic packaging in the world, how do I get around it? But even the government has put forward a report about looking into um, reducing single-use plastic waste. So, I mean, the thought is out there, I think. That's so true. And so once we solve the plastic idea, I think it's time to start talking about composting. And what do we do with the green stuff? Oh my gosh. So I have, (laughs) there's this app called Share Waste. I have my composter in my backyard up on the apps. I've received messages from people saying, can I drop off my compost? Because I don't 
I don't have a composter. I don't have access to one. And so, yeah, if, if the market wants to compost, <laughs> we need to find somebody with a larger composter than mine. We could do something where we see if any of the farmers have pigs or something like that or chickens that would eat compost and then we can send the compost home in a bucket with them at the end of the market day and then they can just compost it themselves like that would be so good yeah that's a great idea yeah so I haven't heard of this app okay yeah it's just called share waste share and um, I heard about it actually for the first time with somebody she was traveling in Australia trying to do zero waste while traveling with her family of their family of four and uh, she was storing her compost throughout the entire trip and would look up people on the Share Waste app in Australia to try and find a local compost that she could drop off her waste at so that she didn't have to put it in the garbage. That's incredible. Yeah, that's hardcore. I don't know how many composters in Peterborough are on the Share Waste app, but yeah. yeah. Interesting. If you have a composter in Peterborough and you don't mind meeting new people, totally put yourself out there. Yeah, that is kind of the next step for the market though, isn't it? Because our plastic alternatives are usually compostable options. Right. But I think we need to reach out to the municipality also and really get that going. The reason that Peterborough does not have compost pickup right now is uh, they lost their government funding for it, which was going to pay for about half of the cost of setting up a facility and changing things over to be able to pick green waste and uh, kitchen waste up, that sort of thing. So they're working on it. I think that we can all gently encourage and, and push that. We need it as a city, this article said. Having compost would increase the lifespan of their current landfills by at least two years, which doesn't sound like much right now, but they were saying like 20 years ago that this current facility was not going to um, last much longer. And so to be able to divert compost from the landfill, it's going to make a big difference. Yeah. Yeah. The market needs single-use plastic reduction. We're going to go in with Enviro Dish. Uh, idea and uh, start having a little wash station for your for the dishes and and then compost and signage everywhere that says go back to your vehicle go back to your bike bring your reusable bags yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah they're looking at options I think it's yeah. something that they want to take seriously I I'm think sure. they will yeah. yeah and and I have faith I know there's a lot of people out there that care a lot yes especially at the market I feel like this is kind of the area where change can happen more easily than at a grocery store. The grocery store is the thing that bothers me more, <laughs> where they just have the readily available plastic bags that are frail and they're going to rip and they hold your fruit for 20 minutes while you drive home and then it's into your fridge and into the garbage. Like, I don't, I don't want those to exist anymore. <laughs> Yeah, it's habit. It's People habit, need to ch yeah. challenge their habit. That is a good choice of words for it. I want to I wanna do some little guerrilla acts of going in and putting up, instead of graffitiing things, I'll just put up a little sign yeah. by the, the plastic bag that says, challenge your habit, skip the plastic, feel fantastic. I don't know. Something. Oh, I love that. Yeah. <laughs> I, I actually have been thinking about going rogue and putting stickers on all of those electric hand dryers. <gasps> Why do we need electricity to be drying our hands? <laughs> just shake off the water. I think it's fine. What other ways can we change the world? Yeah. While we're at it. It's only three o'clock. We don't have to rush. <laughs> yeah. 
any suggestions for getting involved in your local market? Yeah, go check it out. Go show your support. Chat with people. Mm -hmm. If you're interested in becoming a volunteer, then let them know so that we know that there's manpower out there to make changes. Exactly, yeah. If you can't find the person who's in charge of the market, talk to any of the vendors at your market and just say, I'd like to be a volunteer and support the market. How can I get involved? And they'll point you to the right person. So Yeah. Yeah, cool. Well, thanks, Harriet. This was a lot of fun. It was. Thanks, thanks for having me. Thanks again for listening, everyone. If you want to hear more from Harriet and the market, you can follow them on Instagram at PTBORFM. Be sure to check out your local market this spring and support those marvelous farmers. And may I just say, this podcast is on to its 23rd episode thanks to lovely listeners like you. And if you'd like to help spread the word, it would be delightful if you'd leave a rating and review on iTunes or give us a like and a subscribe wherever you're listening. Every bit certainly helps. Have a great week, everyone, and talk to you soon.